Holy Week was for me a very special, special week, and I hope it was for you as well. It was like a Holy Week I've never experienced before in my life. And toward the end of the week, I felt like it had to have something to do with my visit to Israel. The different things I studied and uh, different uh, CDs, DVDs, they would have pictorials and I could relate to being at these various and sundry places. So it had so much more meaning to me. So much more that I just still want to go back. I want to go back to, to the garden. Go back there with Jesus praying with the disciples. I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be with the disciples as Jesus comes back into the room as all of the disciples are hiding. They're hiding from the law. They're hiding from the Roman soldiers. They're they're hiding because they don't want to be the next one that is taken out and hung on the cross. But while they're hiding, Jesus Christ appears. Jesus Christ appears. I want to be in that room. I want to be there with them. I want to be there and experience the joy of seeing our Lord and our Savior. And this is only one time, only one time in which He came back, in which He was seen by the disciples. Many times in those 40 days that follow the crucifixion, He was seen not just by the disciples, but by many others. And he performed many, many miracles. In our prayer life, in our trials and our tribulations, there are some times that we have these mountaintop experiences, just as I've explained that I have had and it's still going on. But these experiences do not last forever and ever. You know, and I do too, there are those times that you're really excited, something took place, and you knew without a doubt it was the Lord that was with you. The Lord had control of it. The Lord was giving you that strength you needed, that courage that you didn't have. You knew that. But a week later, maybe you were feeling kind of let down. You didn't have that same enthusiasm and excitement. You know, athletes go through that. They get all excited for certain games, and they're up there with with all of that uh, emotion. But then there's another game that they were supposed to have won, but they didn't because there was that letdown. We had the same kind of letdown spiritually. We have the ebb and flow. And I'm going to go back to the Old Testament and share with you something that was very similar to that. And until this week's studies, I never thought about it. This is in Exodus and the the pilgrims, if you will, the Israelites, they're out there in the middle of a a desolate desert. If y'all understood what I said just then, that's better than me. It was pretty barren. There was nothing growing out there. I mean, I've seen that country, and it, you talk about bear. They make, you know, Lubbock, Texas, and places that like that look like a garden. There's just nothing there. You don't know how the goats even live. But they were out there for those many, many years. And obviously, it's going to take a lot of uh, food for those uh, that were traveling 
some places I've read it'd be a million people, and another place I'd, they'd say three million. We don't know how many of the Hebrews were traveling, but it would take a lot of McDonald hamburgers to take care of the meal each and every night. But God was more creative than that. We think of the Israelites as God's chosen people, and, and it's for things like this. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And it was manna. It was manna. It says that right, up the, right before that. But it was manna. They did not know what it was. Moses said to him, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is together as much as they need. Take, take uh, what you need uh, and take it to your tent. No one is to keep any of it until in the morning. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Each and every day, they were told to go and, and collect the manna. Just enough for that one day, or as the Scripture said, it would melt away. God wanted to teach the Israelites to be dependent on Him. We have studied and we have discussed the fact that they've spent 400 years in Egypt and they have grown accustomed to having idols, these false gods. They had gotten away from their own faith. God is during a, a period of transition, if you will, for 40 years so that they would learn to turn to Him not the false gods. In like manner, we, we are to go back to God each and every time that we have that concern. It is not something that's going to carry over from last week or last month or last year. It doesn't carry over like that. Just like the manna, we are told to go back to God each and every time, with our prayers and our concerns. Each time is different. Each time is unique. But we are to take it back to Him. In the book of Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter in the 6th verse, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's going to always be there for you. In those difficult times, He's going to be there. I'm sure that you can reflect back on times some of your family members were having surgery. And it was a high-risk surgery. And while you're waiting, you have that, that, uh, that negative, ant, uh, that feeling of frustration or fear that what if, what if this does not happen? And so you went to the Lord with your prayers. You went to Him and you were asking for God's presence, not only for yourself, but your loved one, of course. But each time that happens, then you are you're thinking, God, please. But it did not carry over from the last one. 
We've seen individuals that are in there and they have several heart attacks or several different things within a matter of weeks, don't we, John? And we go back to the Lord with, with concern each and every time. It's like the manna in the Old Testament. We are to go back and ask God for His presence in each and everything. And as we do this, we are building a closer and closer relationship. Sometimes you may have had your prayers answered and you were saying, Wow! And says, what a coincidence, what an accident. But as you do it more and more, you understand that it's not an accident. This is what He has asked you and me to do, to go back. Go back. In the book of Mark, the fourth chapter in the 39th verse, He got up. This is the time when Jesus is laying in the boat. He has gone to sleep. He is worn out. He's been with the crowds. They've been pulling on him. He's been performing miracles. He's been teaching. He's exhausted. And they, he got into the boat with his disciples to go to the other side. And the storm came up. And all of the disciples were scared. Scared. I think that's the way we pronounce it out here in West Texas. Scared. You scared? Scared. Isn't that right, Callaway? And uh, so they were scared. And then they, they woke him up. They said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You and I have challenges in life, as we've already mentioned. And we have those storms in our life, just like the disciples, except we're not on the lake, we're not on the Sea of Galilee. But it's the sea in which we live, and there are storms that come in, and we panic, or we have this great fear. And it's like Jesus is asking again, don't you have any faith? Don't you know that I am with you? Almost like, recall back last month or six months ago when you called out to me and I was there. Don't you believe? Do you think that was just an accident? Do you think that's the only time I'm going to be with you? I am with you always. Always. Time after time, when Jesus appeared after the crucifixion and resurrection, he would the first words He would say is, Peace be with you. And I don't think that's an accident. Peace. Peace has a calming effect. Peace be with you. Not like yelling it, but softly. Peace. My peace. My peace I offer to you. I give to you. My peace. You have... You have said that you believe in me. You have followed me to the point of being baptized. You have been in surgery. You've had loved ones in surgery, and I was there. You've been in the storms with me before, and you came out. And even the ones that were difficult, 
when you lost someone you love, you know he never left you. Losing my mom and dad in three months, that was the toughest time in my life. But I also grew very, you know, I grew in my faith during that period of time. I did not hop out of the ship. I did not give it up. In other I just grabbed hold and with his words and his teachings more and more. It was a time for me to grow during those times of adversity. Peace. Peace. My peace I give to you. Do not be afraid. In Luke, the 24th chapter and the 36th verse, Again, Jesus says, peace be with you. He's talking to the disciples. Why are you troubled? Why do, you doubt, why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Is, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. I cannot even imagine the emotions that would be running through anyone that is in a room and Jesus Christ appears. And he's, he's talking to them. He's asking them to touch. I don't know how you'd feel. I don't know how the emotions would be. But it would be some, certainly something that you would never forget. And as the disciples went about their teachings, they shared these words with everyone. Many did not believe, of course, today. There are many that do not believe. But those of us that are followers know Jesus Christ does live. Just as he did when he saw the disciples. And Thomas was not with him at that time. So this is what it says when he came back in John the 20th chapter. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are you, you and me. We have not seen, but we believe that Jesus Christ did appear to the disciples and did appear to, to many hundreds in those 40 days. We believe. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that when He left this, this world as a fleshly body, He left that Holy Spirit to be with us. We will be with Sonny in prayer on Tuesday. We might still be here. We might not even be there. But the Lord's going to be with us and His Son and with Sonny and Bill at the same time. The same thing with Vicki. She's in Lubbock, but that Holy Spirit's with us as well as theirs. Jesus Christ did not leave us as orphans, and that's what He promised. He did not. Wake up. Wake up with the world. Wake up. Jesus Christ lives. Earlier there was the song about it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. People write these books and they say that this is the greatest love story. Or there would be 
this is the greatest baseball player. This is the greatest basketball player. This is the greatest team. You know, on and on and on. But the greatest love story is love that Jesus Christ has for you and for me. That is the greatest love story. In that love story, we have somebody that is accepting us no matter what we have done and said in the past. Sometimes we have trouble because of being embarrassed of our past. We have trouble going back to him. He said, he couldn't love me. Not what I did last weekend or last six months. He couldn't still love me. It's kind of like Jesus told Mary to go get the disciples and Peter. Because Peter denied him three times. But he, Jesus wanted him to know, I love you still, Peter. And he's still saying the same thing to you, me, you and me. Whatever you've done, he says, come back to me. I'm here. And it goes along with those prayers that you go back and it's, it's like you get recharged every time. And as time goes on, you're not so surprised that He has answered your prayers because He's done it so many times before. And yes, sometimes the answer to your prayer is no. Haven't we all had situations where we're glad that, boy, I'm glad the answer to that was no. I am so glad that He didn't take my advice. He is there. And He wants whatever the best for you. He wants the best for me. With that unconditional love, it is the greatest story ever told. It is the greatest love story that is ever told. There has never been a story like that of Jesus Christ. Unconditional love for those of us that are sinners. No greater story, no greater love story than the story of Jesus Christ. The Romans thought it's over. The religious leaders, Sadducees, Pharisees, thought it was over. But it just began. Jesus went through the most horrendous execution the Romans could devise. There was not a situation in which the judges were hearing his case over here and saying, well, do we execute him or not? No. Pilate has spoken. It's done deal. He had to go through that for your sins and my sins. And then there had to be the resurrection because without that he was just another prophet. Just another prophet. But with the resurrection, he is our Lord and our Savior. Jesus Christ lives. Jesus Christ lives indeed in you and in me. In Philippians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, this is a message for you and for me. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. The Lord is near. Jesus Christ is with you today. Whatever it is that you didn't share with us this morning because it's so personal, but you're so anxious about it. And maybe it's guilt 
Maybe something that's recently happened to you, you said or you did something, and you regret it today. Whatever it is, rejoice. Jesus Christ lives. It is the greatest story ever told. And there will never be another one written that will even come close to the story of Jesus Christ. And it goes on and on and on. And you and I, our responsibility is to make sure the story is told. Let him live through us so that others will see the greatest story. If there's anyone that would like